all of us who have experienced pain or any type of serious disease knows that we are not our true self. We're not our better self. Melanie had lived with me, had been, you know, not lived with me, but had been um, witnessing me not being my best self. So here I was back there and she's saying, thank you. I've got my mother back. Aloha, my beautiful adventurers on the other side of the screen or in your AirPods. My name is Krista Ralaksmidetan, coming to you today from actually a snowy Estonia and Tallinn. And I'm here with Abundance in Action podcast because we all believe that each one of us, we have a treasure box inside. Once we open this treasure box, we can start to live our dreams and our fairy tales on our terms. And today I have a very, very special guest, uh, Louise Nadal. And she's here actually from uh, uh, Canada, close to Toronto. Welcome. I'm very pleased to be with you, Crystal. Yeah. And we met each other actually through uh, Harry Parker, who is also a fellow uh, Wild Fit coach. And Harry invited you to talk about uh, food and how to use uh, vegan uh, tips and also living food in our daily menus. And uh, you just so impressed me that I actually also took contact with you later and got you to come into my pilot group to share your tips and tools, which was very well uh, also received. And I'm just so admiring your spirit and everything you know, and also your story. And I personally believe that we should share it more. So thank you for the trust being here and uh, ready for this journey with this podcast. Well, Crystal, I just so um, appreciate you're asking me to come and do this because as you know, I've been talking to a lot of either clients or wildfit coaches about plant-based living and with your podcast spread, spreading the word of really, really well nourished nourishment in our life is so important to me. And when you hear my story, you'll understand why it's so important to me. Yes. And you are such an amazing and spectacular woman. We could say woman who has opened her treasure box for so many times And you also, uh, at the age of 74, where risk and courage go hand in hand in your life. And when many people may maybe be scared to get older, you actually see it as a benefit because it's not a blocker. It's actually soon going to give you a free ski pass. And also, (laughs) you know many other possibilities and you are not afraid to fall not on skis or any other ways so and also as a young girl you did some crazy things like you know hitchhiking around Europe and you know I feel that you haven't really stopped growing you know it's like you turn younger every day (laughs) and you know in 2008 um, you reversed a debilitating condition that could have landed you in a wheelchair. And today you will share your story, uh, what this was about. 
And Louise is a Canadian, having lived both in Montreal and Toronto. Uh, she was an educator and school administrator who retired very much healthier than she was in her 50s and early 60s. Seeing her transformation, friends and family asked for help. And for the past 10 years, Louise has been coaching in plant-based and living food preparation, individual and group sessions and catering with her community and beyond. And as a chef and coach, Louise pursues her goal of being healthy in body, mind and spirit and enjoys sharing her experiences and skills with others who want more vitality and improved health. Louise follows a diet of unprocessed, plant-based, alkaline-forming, live foods, and consumes, most of the time, no sugar, dairy, wheat, meat, or other acid-producing foods. As overwhelming as this may sound to some, she and her clients enjoy learning how to prepare delicious meals and achieve improved health. Louise has helped many transition to eating more live food. And Louise enrolled in the Wild Fit 90 Day Challenge in 2017 and became a coach in 2020. As a Wild Fit coach, Louise has led both meat and plant-based eaters through the 90 Day Challenge and is frequently invited as a guest speaker on Wild Fit Zoom coaching calls nationally and internationally. And she also coaches one-on-one, -on -one, helping clients incorporate more and more plant-based foods become vegetarian, vegan, or being a healthier vegetarian, vegan. So welcome. Thank you very, very much. And I'll touch on some of the things that you mentioned in my, in my story. But before I start, and Crystal, in preparation for doing this podcast, as you suggested, I listened to a couple of other podcasts, and I'm absolutely would be remiss if I didn't mention it's episode 36 where Chris Consap spoke, and I just was so touched by his journey before he took the Wild Fit um, program and the amazing things that happened. But he, as an entrepreneur, started a company called Nutriante. I don't know yeah. if I'm pronouncing yeah. it. That's right. Because, because he had done a lot of research about um, medicinal um, mushrooms. And I think that what he does and he talks about, and I'm, I wrote down some of the things he said, if I'm looking sideways, um, he said the healing power of food. And when we look at what he's done, what I'm doing, and what WildFit does, looking at much a lot of plant-based foods and eating the way our ancestors did, it just, there was such a synergy between them all. And I thought about, you know, energy is what we are. So you think about the sun and it comes down and it gives energy to the plants. And then the plants feed the animals and humans are animals. And so really the plants are giving us the energy and heal us. And going on from that, I went and you'll hear in my story, I went to an institute in West Palm Beach, Florida called Hippocrates Institute. And Hippocrates, and we all, I think we all know the quote from Hippocrates, let thy food be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food. I love that quote. I get, before I go into my story, two other quotes, one from Chris Consap, and he said, 
if your grandma didn't eat it, you shouldn't eat it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It goes to the ancestors and all that. And then I've followed and incorporated a lot of Ayurvedic practices into my uh, coaching and everything else. And I love this. It's an ancient Ayurvedic um, proverb, which says, if diet is wrong, medicine is of no use. If diet is correct, medicine is of no use. So basically, with what we eat and how we are, our lifestyle is what keeps us the way we are and healthy and everything else. So that is my preamble. And I want to thank Chris for bringing all of that together. And I'm feeling so comfortable, you know, about that. So thank yeah. you, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, Chris uh, was always so positive in the group. We had like 60 people in that first group where I was. Um, I'm actually also celebrating a year anniversary in WildVet. And it's uh, really amazing to look back and like, you know, as also I'm now traveling to Estonia and everywhere here, it's uh, so different. Like, you know, I, I basically didn't have much of a jet lag because, you know, my diet is so different. And also, as soon as I landed, I stayed with my sister, who is in the Wild Fit 90 in my group right now. Uh, she's at uh, week eight. And it was so cool to wake up in the morning, open the fridge, and there was the green smoothie. And <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I'm like, you know, in Wild Fit heaven, you know. <laughs> so am I dead or alive? What's going on? So and um what I see in her case also, what's so beautiful is like when you can give this beautiful system as a lifestyle to someone in your family, because, you know, she also has two kids. They are eight years old. And several times even she said, you know, I was cooking something and I just did it like the wild wit style. And I didn't tell my husband and my husband came to me and asked like, what did you do different? Um, this, you know, meat burger seems like a little more juicy. And what he did, he put, she, she actually put, you know, some zucchini in there to make it like a little more different, you know, and it's so cool. So she has become like, kind of like a little secret agent, you know, like a wild vet secret agent <laughs> and is spreading it forward. And, you know, her, her daughter and son, they also kind of getting to taste uh, new things so, so that's the way it goes. And um, I feel also so proud of myself that I still live that lifestyle only like, you know, after several of the challenges I did. So, but let's go and dive in now into your story. And I know that so many people, especially now when we still have extra challenges with, you know, viruses and so on. Um, and actually health is the number one thing where, people are starting to focus now more and they also understand, you know, that, oh my God, you know, health is something I shouldn't have on the back burner till I get retired. I should start to work and support and, you know, invest into my health as soon as I can, as early as I can. And I would say my sister's kids who are eight, that's the good start, probably could even start earlier. But, you know, start with those um, as early as possible so that you can already create a new future with a full, like, body, mind, spirit health. Um, you came into Wildfit a little later, but can you 
tell us the story because I think there's so many people who have similar experiences and maybe similarly totally stuck and see no way out. How is it you came out of it? And also maybe you can even go a little into more details, what actually happened with you physically as well, because I, I, I know there's probably quite many people who may have similar issues. Yes. And I'm probably not exceptional, but my journey to me is exceptional because where I've come from. So let me go way, 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 way back. And I grew up at a time in the 50s and 60s. That's the 1950s and 60s um, where like there was no processed food and there was mother at home cooking and it was all um, healthy and outside. And, you know, I learned to ski when I was two, three years old, and we were always outside and boating in the summer and all that. So I had a really, really good foundation. And then life happens and you get into your 20s and 30s and 40s, and stress and big career and moving cities and um, having a husband and a two and a, and a daughter. And um, I go into my 50s where I started thinking, you know, like, actually, I must tell you something. Before I had a realization that there was something not quite right, because you just keep going along, right? You've got your career and all you're busy, busy, busy. And you don't really think about yourself. And like men and women are guilty about that. But I think women win the prize. But anyway, they're not taking care of themselves. But anyway, um, I remember, and I, I kept it in a diary, and I don't keep all my diaries or journals and all that. But when I turned 55, I wrote in my diary, I've only lived half my life. When I was 55, I wrote, I've only... So I had that intention then there's something in me that said, I'm going to live to way over 100 years old. Well, you know my age now. I'm still, I'm still believing that. But anyway, in my late 50s, I started not feeling so well. And actually, it got to the point where I had a lot, a lot of body pain and that it was very debilitating. At the same time, I, my very best friend, Angela, had cancer and I held her hand for about a year and a half, and she eventually died. And um, as I was getting more pain and more fatigue and all that, even things like tasks, like I was working for the Ministry of Education at the time, I had big responsibilities traveling and everything. I was noticing that, you know, tasks took longer to do, like I just whatever. I was... Um, at one point, I left the Ministry of Education to go back into the school system, and I became vice principal of an elementary, a French immersion elementary school. So I was wor working with all the little kids and bonjour, madame, and big hugs and everything else. <laughs> I'm going to open the parenthèse, the, the bracket that says that um, my daughter at one point said, mom, you've got to see somebody about this. And she suggested that I see this Dr. Bell, a famous doctor in Toronto, and my daughter knew her because of horseback riding, coaching and stuff like that. But anyway, I saw Dr. Bell and she said to me, good news, bad news. 
because I was really nervous about because what Angela, my friend had had a lot of pain and I was concerned that it was cancer. She says, you don't have cancer, but the bad news is, and this is what she said. Um, bad news is you've got fibromyalgia and there's no cure. She says the pain and the non-restorative sleep could be managed with medication, gentle exercising, and reducing my workload to half time. And I thought, okay, so that's what I did, you know, for a little while. Yes, I was managing the pain, but I kept hearing this voice in me that said, like, just, I don't want to live just managing, just sort of, um, you know, I found that like I wasn't dreaming or I wasn't planning or I wasn't actually being outgoing and meeting people and everything. I, I started being closed in and I thought, you know, th this, this is not what I want. Going back to the pain so that people who know about fibromyalgia, it's on both sides of your body, above your waist. And I would be as a vice principal in the schoolyard with the children. And if I was holding a cup in my hand and a child came up to me and touched me here, I would drop the cup, the pain everywhere. It took me three hours before I went to work at, in the morning. When I got into my car at night, I sat and I cried for an hour to release the stress. And then I drove home. I mean, when I said debilitating, it was really bad. So what Dr. Bell suggested, I did. I took some medication and everything else. Then I went to a conference in the States and I heard this gentleman um, talking to a friend of mine who was already there. And he had got rid of his cancer by going to this Hippocrates Health Institute. And so I got to speak to this Frank and um, he said, Louise, go, just go and get what you eat. That's what he said. Get what you eat and your body, mind, your body, mind and spirit sorted out so that, you know, you'll, you'll sort out your fibromyalgia. Anyway, I went home and I looked into it and everything, and it was really expensive. And I phoned my friend who said, talk to Frank again. So I get on the phone. Frank was in Boston at the time. Talk to Frank. And he said, Louise, yes, it's expensive, but you can always get the money back. You'll never get your health back. And I thought, oh, my God, that was like a bombshell because I was, I was not wanting to continue living that way. So anyway, as Crystal mentioned earlier, um, in 2008, um, I went to Hippocrates for their three-week, um, they call it health transformation program. It was three weeks. So I get there and I look good. You know, I was slim. I was fine and all that. But the pain was unbelievable. People went there so not well that you could tell. But I was there and I was following the program. And it's based on while fit to the extreme in the sense that it is completely plant-based, it's raw food, and there's a lot of other modalities. I won't get into the program right now. But first week, fine. Second week, middle of the second week, I decided to go out for a walk. There was a it was it's almost like a spa type place. Like it's really beautiful. Like a and you go into a forest and there was a big, big pond. And I wanted to walk around the pond. And I'm going 
And I'm thinking, what have I forgotten? Like, I've got my book. I'm going to go on that beautiful wooden swing there by the pond, and I'm going to read my book. But I've forgotten something. And I'm looking around. Halfway around, I'm thinking, I didn't feel any pain. And like, it just, like, I, I sat on that wooden swing. And like, I cried and cried and cried. And like, a whole bunch of bad energy left me. And, and like, it was just... Like it flowed, it went into the pond and everything else. Honestly, it was getting rid of all the toxins in my body. And the toxins were both the, I had been vegetarian before that for years, probably not a very healthy vegetarian, but you know, processed food and all that sort of stuff. So getting rid of the toxins that were in the foods that I was eating, but also the toxins in the way I was thinking about here for a first time in a long time, I was taking care of myself versus everybody else. And so I did that three week program. I came back and this is the part of the story that it's hard for me to say, to tell just before I went, it was in October, 2008, my second granddaughter was born. And so right away, when I got back, I went to my daughter's place and she was nursing the little one. And Madison, the two-year-old, was in the other room. So Madison calls me. I was sitting on the floor. Milani was nursing. I get up and I go into the other room and I'm playing with Madison and all this. I come back and I sit down in front of my daughter on the floor. And I look up at her and she's got tears in her eyes. I said, well, Milani, like, what's wrong? Took her a long time before she said, thank you. And I said, What? I've got my mother back. All of us who have experienced pain or any type of serious disease knows that we are not our true self. We're not our better self. Milani had lived with me, had been, you know, not lived with me, but had been um, witnessing me not being my best self. So here I was back there and she's saying, thank you. I've got my mother back. That is what those of you who know Wild Fit um, know that it's important to know why you're doing it, to build your success tableau. What do you think you want in the future? And, and all of that. When Melanie said that to me, it was my why. There was no way I was going to go back and have pain or the way I used to be. So needless to say, a lot of the things that I had been doing sporadically, whether it was meditation or, or yoga or walking more or more exercise or more taking care of myself and more eating better, all of those things were absolutely amplified. So in 2000, that was in 2008, I just stuck to a totally plant-based diet. I did not... Um, I must say that in the beginning, it was partly out of fear. I just, I, every once in a while, and I did it subconsciously, I would go like this every once in a while or at my hips. And I would, like, I was checking, is there still pain there? And, and no, it was gone. It was gone. So um, can I ask you one question? Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, so uh, many may wonder also, and I know also in my life, some loved ones or close ones who may have actually similar issues and they have gone to so many doctors and like for years, like uh, several decades and they haven't got, you know, uh, results or ideas. So what do you think was the main breakthrough here? Was it that, you know, when you changed to a different um, diet, then the inflammation went down or what were the main core elements? Why did that pain disappear? What do you think? I believe that it was what you've just mentioned, definitely less inflammation, definitely less toxins in my body. When our body is not taxed with toxins, whether it's from processed food or from emotions or anything else, our body is all closed up and tight and the, and the energy isn't flowing. And by your asking me that, because you said people go to doctor after doctor, um, my doctor and this famous Dr. Bell had just prescribed something for me. And my doctor, actually, to get, <laughs> to get the three weeks off, I went to my doctor and I said, I'm really stressed. I need, a, I need a sick leave for three days. She didn't even ask me any questions or anything. She signed this stupid little piece of paper. I gave it to the school board and uh, I was off. I made sure when I was in West Palm Beach, I didn't get a tan because I didn't, I didn't want to show. And I'm real, realizing I'm on a podcast now, but that's a long time ago, so I don't really care. But anyway, um, when I came back, I went to my doctor. Oh, I actually brought my mother to the doctor, to the same doctor. And um, I mentioned something about how well I was feeling and everything. Do you know, she didn't even, you know, she didn't even ask me like what I did. She, she had no curiosity about an alternative to a pill. And, you know, basically for me, I actually went to a, um, oh, he wasn't an osteopath. I forget what he was. But the only type of uh, therapy that I could get uh, when I had fibromyalgia. And I went to him after I got back. And he was doing the deep stuff. What's it called? I don't remember. Deep anyway. tissue. Yeah, it was anyway, he was doing this. And he was saying, Louise, like, what? I didn't tell him what I had done. And like, he felt it in my body, that energy was flowing, that there was no pain and everything else. So traditional medicine did zilch for that, even to the point that after it wasn't even, you know, to this day, she's still trying to prescribe things for all sorts of ailments. And I don't even argue with her. Now I take the prescription and I throw it away. I take no medications whatsoever. Okay. So um, yes, I said, I went to Hippocrates in 2008 and then um, I, I went back to work full time. I had an incredible, incredible job. And um, I, in 2012, so that's almost 10 years ago, Friends of mine were seeing my energy and all that sort of stuff. And they started saying, you know, Louise, teach us a little bit about plant-based eating. And I love being in the kitchen. I, my, some people paint, some people write, some people, me, it's creativity in the kitchen. I love it. So I started doing classes in my home right here. And um, like four Wednesdays or four Saturdays, and we do a lot of preparing together food and we'd sit down and have a great meal and everything else and did that whoops did that for a couple of years 
actually, a friend of mine wanted me to do it in her home where we could have maybe 10 or 12 people around. And she said to me, Louise, what are we going to call your classes? And what came out of my mouth is now my Gmail address, is now my business name, is now what I stand for. And it is live with live food. So my email is livewithlivefood at gmail.com. And it absolutely represents when you think of live with live food, what's live is plants. Okay. And I'll talk to you a little bit later about sprouting. That's the ultimate in live food. And so I started doing that. And that was 2012, I think I said. And then um, it went along in, um, I forget what date it was. Oh, actually, it was 2017 that um, I heard Eric Edmeads, the founder of WildFit on Mind Valley, and he was doing a mastermind. And I thought he was sounded fabulous because clients that I had loved the food I prepared. And I always had, you know, feedback forms and everything. So they, they said there were two things that they said. One was, Louise, would you move in and be our chef? Because I don't have the time and I don't whatever. So just come and do it for us. Okay. And the other thing that they kept saying was, oh, my husband or my wife or my kids, they don't like eating this way. They need their hamburger with French fries and all that sort of stuff. So they were finding doing a transition very, very difficult. So I heard Eric Edmies speak on Mind Valley, and he, what he talked about was what the food industry was doing, and what he talked about was behavioral psychology. Well, my background in education, apart from French immersion stuff and everything, was a lot about special education and working with special needs and everything else, and a lot about behavior. So when I heard him say behavioral psychology, I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. So anyway, I, I enrolled in, well, I phoned, first of all, and said, you know, can you do this as a plant-based person? And they said, absolutely, yes. And so I, um, I took the challenge in 2017. And I got way more out of it than I expected. Like, boy, did I learn a lot. So it can, was- you also, can you also share that you actually called um, to the office and what happened? That's like very rare that happens. So thank you for reminding me. Um, so before actually putting the money down for the WildFit Challenge, <clears throat> I phoned the WildFit headquarters and I said, you know, can I speak to somebody about being vegan or vegetarian and doing this program? And so said, yeah, we'll switch you to somebody who can answer. So they switched me and this man answered, hello. And I said, well, I'm calling about the welfare. He says, well, it's Eric here. And I thought, what? They transferred me to his personal phone in the Dominican Republic in Cabarete. And so here I was, there's an expression in French, that bouche like I was like stunned. I was absolutely stunned. And so um, I said, oh, oh, well, Eric, I've just, I hear I'm calling you from Canada and I just heard your part, your, um, your masterclass and I'm talking and all that. Well, we landed up talking for about 45 minutes on the phone and I, you know, I finally calmed down after realizing who this guy was and I was talking to him. 
I wrote down notes of what he and I talked about. And I still have that little pad that I wrote it on because, of course, he said you can do it as a plant-based. It might be a little bit more challenging. but um, And then he actually invited me because he said at the time in 2017, there were not many vegetarian or, or vegans that were had become coaches. So after I took the challenge, would I be interested in, in becoming a coach? And uh, I said, yeah, I'll take the challenge. See, I wasn't convinced at that point about how great this thing was. <laughs> so uh, thanked him very much. And off I went. I took the challenge. And as I said, I learned so much. But um, then in uh, I had been retired, as I said, uh, as a principal. And a new private school was opening up in town. And I got to know the owner. He was a Chinese fellow who had bought a beautiful old building, an old school. And it was an international school. Well, he asked me to be to open up, be the first principal of the school. So I did that in 2018-19. Unbelievable. So being the vice principal of, sorry, being the principal of that um, international school, meeting students from all over the world and getting them acclimatized to Canada, and then meeting their parents when they would come and visit and everything else. I did that for a year till 2019, was asked to do it again, but I thought, no, I want to go back to doing my other things. And in the meantime, my 90-something-year-old mother needed me and and a lot of other things, so I decided um, not to continue as the principal. Um, And I think I mentioned, or Crystal, you mentioned that I'm an avid downhill skier. Like I just, oh yes, I think I told you when we talked, I'm so anxious to be 80 because I love skiing in Quebec City at Mont Saint-Anne and it's a free ski pass when you're 80. (laughs) And right now, every year I go to the Rocky Mountains in Canada. I fly to Calgary and then I ski. Louise skis at a beautiful ski resort called Lake Louise. And I ski there on my birthday every year at the end of February. And of course, last year, I I, uh, didn't do it. But this year I am. But let's go back to the year before that in 2020. I did go and uh, had a fabulous thing. Came back March 1st. What hit everywhere in the world then was the pandemic. And uh, soon after the pandemic started, of course, I couldn't teach any of my classes anymore or anything. And there was an invitation to uh, become a coach came through WildFit. And I got that first coaching that they did in the pandemic. And oh, what a gift that was for me. Because here I was not able to do my sharing of what, you know, I absolutely love doing. uh, Sharing the the benefits of plant-based, but actually making food with people. And so I took the training um, in the spring of... 2020, and then being a coach at the end of that year. So um, it's just been a gift that I've been able to share this with people. Yeah, it's so amazing. And um, as you said, also, now when people see you, they see the difference. And even if, you know, someone goes in and they maybe don't have uh, so much like weight to release, but, you know, your whole being changes and your skin changes, like you become more radiant. And also one of the things which I noticed with my sister, because I also do energy work. So we did like a little energy work with her. And I was like, oh my God, it's so different. And she's asking, what's different? I said, you're so calm. 
<laughs> and she's like, yeah. yes, I am. <laughs> and I think this is because of white it because you eat so well yeah, that you right. don't right. have, yeah, and you don't have those spikes up and down uh, because of sugar or toxins or whatever else, you know. So uh, she said, yes, I noticed that I'm so much like calmer and my life is so much more in balance. So, mm-hmm. and you have noticed it also in your relationship. So once you started you now, now to coach other people, how did you experience with your clients and their families? How did this influence their relationships? Um, I've had both um, mothers and daughters in the, in the challenge. I've had a wife who did it on her own, and then she wanted to you know, really do it again to really anchor in. She a lot. Of, she had a lot of childhood issues that she was certain, and her husband joined, and so that was a big relief for her. And um, I, I think Eric's um, Eric's advice about never trying to really, really try to convince anybody to do it, but just be the example, has really worked a lot. Um, I have. Um, a couple of educators, a couple of teachers in um, my challenge now, and my group is in week nine, and uh, they they're just phenomenal what what they're experiencing. They're they're saying things like, you know, I'll never go back. Like this is, feels way too good. Or somebody else the other day, what did she say? Um, oh yeah, she's tall and slim, and she was at first a little worried about the weight she was losing, and. Uh, but she joined it because she had horrible um, osteoarthritis and lots in her lower back. She'd wake up in the morning and just could hardly move and really, really stiff and everything. And I think about in week five or six, she started saying, you know, I get up and yeah, I'm a little stiff, but nothing much. This is like unbelievable, like big, 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 big changes. And with, um, I'm just finding that, I concentrate on the person that is in the challenge with me and help them manage <laughs> the, the family surroundings. And I always um, really help people in getting very comfortable in being that person, you know, the person who says, oh, no, I don't eat that anymore. No, it, it just doesn't make me feel good. And I, I get them to practice to make sure that they they know who they are now because you become a different person. Like your, your identity is totally different. Like what I am as a plant-based person, if somebody offered me a big, huge hunk and whatever, I'd say, no, that just doesn't make me feel good. You know, and I'm not rude or I'm saying thank you for making that and everything, but it's really helping people to make sure that they, they're taking, they're, they're doing this for themselves. So they have to cross that threshold to really, really um, embrace that, to make sure that it's anchored in so that they can't be swayed. Oh, come on, have this little piece of thing. Come on, you know, you've been good and all that kind of stuff. No, they know about that and they can absolutely handle it. Did that answer your question? (laughs) Yes. And I also think uh, what's happening there because, you know, I have been in it myself as well with the clients. So maybe if someone is listening, they're like, okay, that sounds good. Maybe even like too good to be true. 
But what happens is that this program is built up in such a detailed way that, you know, once you enter it, you don't know like what, what, you know, everything will be about you. You just get the guidance for a week by week basis, which also makes it so much easier, like behaviorally to tackle it because you're not going to get overwhelmed. And secondly, also, when, once you go into it, we are encouraged to do, you know, different experiments. We don't call it cheating or, you know, other names. And experiment means that, you know, when you start to eat something, you have much more presence and body consciousness there. And you will actually notice that, oh, my God, when I ate that piece of cake, it was like some kind of stone moved into my belly and I felt so bad. And, you know, I, I couldn't almost move the next day because I could feel the inflammation in my body. And then what happens is because you're so conscious, then the next day you actually don't choose it anymore because you already like forwarded to that moment. Oh, remember last time you ate that cake, you know, that's how you felt. So maybe you can make your own cake with some better ingredients and have like a little different experience, right? Yeah, you're so right. And when you said something just reminded me of what a client said last night, uh, because, oh, yes, after the call, uh, everybody logged off. And I asked her to stay on the call because I had some other question had nothing to do with WildFit that I wanted to ask her. But then she wanted to keep talking about WildFit. And she said, and we were talking about other people that we both know that could probably benefit and all that sort of stuff. And she said to me, Louise, if you had told me that all these things were going to happen to me by week nine, I would not have believed you. I would have, I would have thought you're just making all this stuff up, you know, which is why we don't, why as Eric developed it, it's really progressive and each person has different um, wins or successes at different times. So there's no one thing fits all. It's just really, really adapted to you. So when Tina is her name, when Tina said, if you told me this, I wouldn't have believed you, you know? So I thought that was really very astute of her. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one other thing, which really, I think makes it very different is especially because you'll have Eric's videos coming up and uh, regularly. Then you have the WildFit coach who is like a navigator helping to keep everyone going in the uh, direction they're going. And then you have the whole group also as a supportive element. And so many people have told also me that, you know, um, I wouldn't have managed it to do it completely alone. So that togetherness, you know, as the African uh, proverb said, if you want to go fast, go alone. And if you got, want to go far, go together. It's so true. So uh, many people, when they start to go um, more into and dive into uh, deeper things, then um, they may also start to look into sprouting. Um, but many may also not do it because it seems too complicated. What would you say maybe some of the first tips would be where to start and why is sprouting so good for us? Okay. So um, remember I said that the name of my company is Live With Live Food and that sprouts are really, really the whole thing. So I've just got like, these are sunflower sprouts. Okay. So they are absolute 
absolute, you can look at it here, absolute goodness. Okay, so that's one thing. I'm going to show you when I help people start sprouting, I introduce them to a little sprouting machine just like this. It's so simple. And so those people who are listening, they you, maybe you can describe how it looks so that later they can uh, check out the video version too. How does that machine look like? Okay, so there's a lid, there's a bottom part, and there's a mesh part. And I'm going to show you. I've drained the water out of it so that it wouldn't get all mm -hmm. over my computer. So this here is a combination of garbanzo beans, or some people call them chickpeas, um, lentils, and peas, okay? And they are just ready to sprout, okay? So what? how you do it is you put a little bit of water in here, and in the video it tells you exactly how to do it. You rinse these out, you put it on top, you put the dome on top, and put it on your counter. You rinse it every two, every 12 hours, and on the third day, you've got beautiful sprouts like this. When you want to harvest them, I have this cute little spinner thing. So I, I take them out of there. And so this is, this is mung beans. And a handful of mung beans has got, gives you the nutrition of the best multivitamin in the whole world. Like you can put that on a salad. You can put it as a crunchy thing on soup. You can put it on any kind of cereal you want. So I sprout a lot. Um, as you know, sprouts will come in the dry. So when they're dry, like these, these are the peas. Okay. So they're just little pea things. Well, they're dormant. Think of seeds or beans or peas or anything like that that are out in nature. When they're dry, they're just dormant. But then the rain comes and they get watered and they start getting alive. Well, when you think, when I put the dry, like these are the garbanzo beans, when I put that on the mesh thing and I rinse it and I water, it's you're making it alive. and in nature, it's got a protective coating on it, an anti-nutrient, a protective coating. When you water it, it opens up and the enzyme inhibitors that are part of it, and I do a whole thing on nuts and soaking nuts, which is related to that too, so that you want it to become alive. When these live food go into, think of your body of, I don't know how many trillions of cells, your cells are your what make, make you, um, your cells, when they see a sprout coming in, they recognize something alive. And so it's very, very, what is the word, the expression bioavailable? Bio it really, really assimilates into you. So I remember years ago, I have another sprouting machine there that I do the small seeds. I do like alfalfa and broccoli and, and, uh, uh, red clover is fabulous. Radish is fabulous. It's got a real spike to it. So I do that. But one day, my granddaughter, she was little then, and she had a whole bunch of sprouts sticking out of her mouth because she went right into the sprouter and got it. And she's saying at the same time, I wish I had videoed it, but I didn't. She says, my cells are going to be happy in a minute. Because <laughs> she knew that when this went down her, like her cells would be really, really happy. So 
Can you tell I get excited when I talk about this kind of stuff? Yeah. So for me, sprouting. So when I do my dinner plate, there'll be maybe pea shoots or sprout or or, um, sunflower or something. Instead of putting a bed of lettuce, which is good, you know, but I'll put a bed of a whole bunch of sprouts and then there'll be a sprout salad with that three mix of beans, um, the three of them. And sometimes I put um, the um, the mung beans in too. I make a delicious hummus. So it's a live food sprouted bean hummus that when you're dipping your stuff in it, you're eating really, really good stuff. The thing when I when I talk to coaches and their groups, the, the topic of raw food versus cooked food, for me and my brain, it means alive or dead. And that might sound drastic to some people, but something that is alive, for me, intuitively, I know it'll nourish me more than something that is, well, whether it's a dead animal or, or you cooked it so much that there's nothing left in it. So what I advise people as much as possible, you don't have to go hog walk. Like I sometimes stir fry things and I do do things that are something. If I make in my Vitamix a big soup and I do raw vegetables and a whole bunch of things in there, but, and then I put it in the fridge when I want to eat it, I put it on the stove and I warm it up just so that it's not more than 40 degrees Celsius or 115 uh, uh, Fahrenheit so that you just take the chill off uh, of it, especially as the cold weather (laughs) is here now. So um, that's the type of things that really um, I know that with my group now that I have now, they're, they're all sprouting and they're saying they, their energy has raised. It just augments what they do. Now, most times when I'm doing the wild fit coaching, I don't bring this in it because I really like to stick to just the program. But then when I have my alumni group, my graduates, we start getting more into that and to more all the other modalities, whether it's energy work that you do, Crystal, or other things that I do with uh, my people who are already, because the first thing is just nourish yourself. Just get really, really well nourished. I so agree. And it's uh, really, really good. Uh, so now one one thing you can also explain, and I know some people may be really confused. What does vegan, being a vegan and veganism actually mean? And can you explain it a little more? And um, also maybe you can go a little deeper what it means for you. And then also, um, you know, when people are thinking maybe, oh, maybe I should also try, um, try this type of, um, you know, living and lifestyle and food um what would you say maybe the first suggestions would be if they would like to try it out on a deeper level i am using the expression plant-based or predominantly plant-based as opposed to exclusively plant-based okay so there's sort of different nuances because um really vegan means nothing from animals not even like your leather shoes or leather handbag, or honey from bees, you know, so there is vegan, which is, and many, not many times, but sometimes I've encountered people who want to be, I call them difficult, and want to say, well, you're not really vegan, because you're wearing leather shoes, you know, they want to 
sort of find a reason. I don't go that way. I, I really say it's what I'm nourishing my body with. And I'm aware of the other things. So strict. I often ask people if they're wanting to find out more about plant-based things, or even if they say they want to become vegan, I ask them why. Because, and I've heard Eric say this, there's really three sort of pillars. The first one being you're doing it for your own health. I went away to Hippocrates Health Institute. I totally got meat of any kind or dairy or anything like that out of my body. So I became their, you know, raw vegan at that time. So I was doing it for my health. I then became way, way more aware about what we do to animals. So there's, you know, it's sort of like human rights and animal rights. And I'll talk about plant, uh, a planet, you know, the environment. So anyway, if you could be doing it for yourself, we know that cruelty to animals is a big part of the agricultural industry and meat industry and all that sort of stuff. So I became more aware and, you know, there's documentaries that are really inspiring and others that make you actually sick because you don't even want to, can't even watch them. They're so bad. And then more and more we're learning, especially with climate change and everything else, what, um, the meat industry is doing to our planet. And so I'm not going to go into that, but it's sort of the three levels. So I'm asking people like what it is. And most people say to me, I just want to have your energy, Louise. <laughs> it's just like, I want to be alive and I want to, whatever. One of my clients a long time ago, well, over a year ago now said to me, cause I asked them, what, what are they doing for? It? I just want to be like you. <laughs> thinking, oh my God. But that was sort of a nice compliment. But anyway, uh, for me, obviously, as I told you my story with Milani and she got her mother back, I just, I just embraced this life and it made me feel good. And it's, um, I must say, it has influenced quite a few people in my circle here. And part of my wanting to do this more coaching with WildFit, because I wanted to just upscale. <laughs> I wanted to expand my reach. And uh, because the more nourished people are, the more energy they have, the more awareness they have, um, including what we're doing to animals, the better planet, the better world we'll have. Um, I was talking to a young mother the other day whose son, who is 17, eats junk all the time, all the time. And he's angry and he knows he shouldn't take drugs, but he, he, all his friends are doing it. And she just came to me and she says, Louise, what can I do? And I said, just continue doing what you're doing. And like, I'm, I'm hoping, and I don't know if Eric is ever going to listen to this podcast or not, but I'm hoping he does something for teenagers in the well-fit world because everything from obesity, mental health, um, risky, risky behavior, um, and it's gotten really, really worse in the pandemic. It just, um, well, it saddens me because I spend most of my career in education. And I tell you, it wasn't this way 30 years ago, you know, 
and everything from the processed foods and what we're putting in. And, you know, there's just so, so many. You know, when I was talking to this mother, I was just mentioning, uh, she was saying that uh, he's got a girlfriend and she's 14 and she's just been diagnosed with diabetes. Like 14. She's diabetic. Like, you know, so there's a huge, huge, huge um, need for the message of nourishing yourself, whether it's mostly plant-based or half and half plant-based to me, whatever it is that you do, that you lessen your um, meat consumption and give living plant-based food as part of your uh, lifestyle, you'll be doing yourself and the world a real favor. Yeah, I so agree. And um, as last uh, last week, I uh, said goodbye to my grandmother, who actually, you know, lived to be 95. Um, I am also so grateful for her because I grew up mostly with her. And as you said, also, as, as you grew up, you know, she had this little community garden. And from that community garden, that's where our main food came. Yeah. So there was almost like very, very little processed stuff. Like I, I don't even remember how many times we got like, you know, um, spaghetti or like, you know, uh, pasta or stuff like that. It was like veggies and green stuff and fruits from the garden and so on. And then when the autumn came, uh, she just marinated or like, you know, did the jams and like, yeah, yeah like as much as she could. So we could like survive the winter. And um, that was how it was done. And, and that was really like, now I understand what the gift it was because yeah. it was very natural food I grew up with. And on top of that all, that's also one thing I think uh, many of the newer generations are probably missing. She was also teaching us kids to, you know, it takes time to take care of the little seed or a little plant until it will, you know, grow. Like we had tomatoes in a greenhouse. So mm -hmm. we had to put the uh, little plants there. We had to come and open the door to the greenhouse and then we had to close the door and then we had to pull out the weeds. And it was like hours of hours of hours of work and intention and attention. And that's the same it is with our bodies. So if we don't care and don't take care and don't invest into our bodies, whether it's energy or time or what we put in, it, it doesn't, you know, we, we have nothing to harvest. So there will be no health because you don't put anything in. And it was so interesting today, you know, um, uh, as I now visited my sister, I was like also like very consciously doing some wild fit experiments and noticing, you know, I hadn't eaten Estonian bread for two years and I, I tried one just to see what's happening. And the next morning I woke up and I almost couldn't walk because I was just so inflammated inside out. I was like, I felt like I was like a balloon, you know, and when I was going to shop today, of course, my, you know, produce which I had was like all greens and veggies and and some fruits and stuff but then I looked at you know what people were buying in front of me and behind me and there was just like one woman had everything was processed and everything was packaged and there was just like one bag of fruits and I was like trying to see if there is someone somewhere who had like as much green stuff as I did you know and then of course my 
you know, uh, the amount which I paid was also maybe a little more, but that's the investment I'm doing into my body every day. So just, you know, being an example that way and also feeling gratitude to those people who came before us and what they actually, that was my grandmother's legacy, which I just kind of, it clicked like, oh my God, she was teaching me that. And I didn't even get it like till now, you know, and I did a little new pact with my grandmother. I said like, okay, so you live till 95. So I will outlive you, which would mean I should live to 96. So I have 51 more years at least. (laughs) So you've lived less than half your life. Yes. You know, yes. well, my, my mother is 97, and um, and as you mentioned, I'm, what am I? I'm going to be 75 in February. My daughter just turned 45, and her eldest daughter just turned 15. So the children, they were born just before the 30th birthday, right? That was the plan. And, um, but Melanie said to me the other day, Mom, there was a McDonald's when yeah. I grew up. You know, exactly. So yeah. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I look at her two girls now, 13 and 15, the change is unbelievable. Yeah. In what the food industry has produced. That's yeah. a nice way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, also, I think, our responsibility to figure out like what's actually going on and I think also when we make more conscious choices, we'll also have not only better health and body, but also better future for ourselves and for the planet as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So now I have a final question for you. So let's imagine that your time on this planet Earth will end one day and you will look back to your life and maybe your daughter and your grandkids do the same what would be your legacy you would like to leave behind when they think about you? Oh, grandmother or my mom uh, did this and that. And, you know, oh, my God, like I could say my grandmother's legacy was like, you know, teach me simple living, you know. So what's what's your legacy you want to leave behind? By the way, they don't call me grandma. They call me Wheezy. Ah, OK, cool. <laughs> so I'm Wheezy. And we're at Mr. Wheezy, come here. You know, anyway. So um, they would say when she got old, she could still run up the stairs. And they see my legacy is vibrancy, I think. It's just being vibrant. In my private little cocoon, I really take care of myself. Like the first few hours of the day is all like this. But when I'm out there, whether it's with family or friends or, or whatever, it's and what I'm doing in that me time is I'm receiving, I'm receiving energy because then I can give, give, give. And by giving, because I've had a discussion with one of the girls, one of my granddaughters about this, about, you know, it's karma and all that. The more you give, because she was volunteering and I was saying, and then you've got to learn how to receive and all that sort of stuff. So I think that would be, um, I would love it if they thought of me in that way as she takes care of herself, but boy, does she give and boy, is she alive. And uh, two years ago, I took, um, no, three years ago now, I in 2019, I took um, Madison, the eldest, out to ski with me. And 
you know, we were running around doing things and it was cold that winter. Oh my God. And she'd go down and wipe the snow off the car and everything else. And we'd go off and everything else. And she was carrying something up the stairs and she said, so are you coming? And I looked up the stairs and I said, I am 60 years older than you, you know? And she laughed. And she still reminds me of that. Like, whatever, I'm 60 years older than her. So all of that is something that, um, like, aging and, and all that, it doesn't mean a thing to me. It's just what means something. And I don't know if we're coming to an end, but I, I do have something that I have posted in my I have an infrared sauna in my bedroom and on the wall of it. And before I get into the sauna, can I read to you what I write? Yes. What mm -hmm. I read? Because I read it all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's all about gratitude and intention. So it's sort of in two parts. I'm so blessed to be pain-free, flexible, mind and body. Okay, always learning. Energetic passionate about people and delicious food that I am a creative chef because I have no training that I'm over 70 years old. And this is the intention. I want to show others that it's possible to grow younger as we age and for the younger generation, not to age too quickly. That sums it up. And I, whether, you know, people read um, manifestations or anything like that, that for me, because I'm so grateful um, for what the abundance that I have, and it's got nothing to do with money. It's the abundance of friends and you can't see because like plants, like everywhere and live stuff everywhere. So I'm so, so grateful for that. But then the, the, my intention of just by example and obviously by coaching, I really, I guess it's showing a path. Like if I could do it, like, you know, I hate saying that, but if I could do it, you could do it type of thing. And uh, that's really, really important to me. So I guess that's part of legacy too, isn't it? What you asked yeah. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. There is so much value, so many inspirational, motivational moments in this podcast. And I know there will be so many who will be really deeply touched by your presence and all of the vibrancy you carry uh, everywhere you go. So how could people take contact with you? What's the easiest way? Well, if we were on a Zoom, I'd say lift up your hand if you remember my Gmail address, <laughs> but we're not. So it's just live with live food at gmail.com is mm -hmm. my email. And that's the best way to get rather than giving phone numbers and all that sort of stuff. Uh, my website will be developed and it is partly developed, but it'll be called the same thing. Um, and um, yeah, I think uh, Crystal, you were going to mention um, a couple of little gifts Yes, yeah, so we will do a special gift page for Luis. So you can actually, uh, once you open it up, you can leave us uh, your email and then you can open this up where there will be a little video and also a little um, uh, kind of guidance uh, how to do the sprouting. And it's really... Can I, can I interrupt for a second? 
So the video is really showing you how to do it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's partly for people who have already bought it, but it's also for people who are interested. But the PDF that I, it's just three pages and it's lots of pictures and all that. And, and it's called Why Sprouts. So why? So it gives, you know, the, the economics behind it. I mean, you can grow these things really cheaply. Like one of my clients actually showed in our Facebook group, she showed a picture of her, of her greenhouse. And she says, if we ever run out of feed, food, I'm going to grow everything myself in her greenhouse. And like, I was really impressed. I want to go see her greenhouse. <laughs> but yeah, so that little PDF will just give you um, an indication. The other thing too, by leaving your um, email or whatever, uh, you'll get notified whenever I do classes because I do both um, food prep classes, you know, everything from making your own almond milk and what do you do with the pulp after to making sauces and making um, making um, soups and all sorts of other things. So I do that. Uh, I have three in preparation right now. So in the new year, they'll be... Uh, up and up and going yeah very cool so um, me and my sister we were just experimenting and innovatively doing um, a cauliflower bread which was really nicely mixed with like almond meal and um, you know eggs and very simple and um, once it was done it was like we put our basil pesto on top of it and it was like such a delicious meal and she's like oh my god so simple and now I have like something to eat or have as an addition for my other meals like uh, I love it and my sister also she actually was a commercial cook for many many years and I think um, that was also a reason for her because I think right now all of that knowledge she can put into this and maybe something amazing will come out of it for for her and for her talents and uh, treasures so yeah I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the the group or the listeners a little thing when you mentioned you made the the bread and you put an egg in it you know if you want to replace an egg you take a tablespoon of chia seeds with three tablespoons of water mix it up and it, it in recipes it's exactly you can do it flaxseed some people are not so good with flaxseed but with chia seed like talk about energy in that so doing that. So I just, that's an extra little tip for you. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Thank you. So thank you so much, uh, Luis, and all the best with all of your classes and coaching and uh, so delighted that you came and it was so much fun. It is me who thanks you for this opportunity. I really, I've enjoyed getting to know you and everything, everything that you do, both in the United States and in Europe. So Good luck on your path also. Yeah, thank you. And all the beautiful listeners and viewers, thank you for your time. And if this was of uh, interest and inspiration and motivation, please don't hesitate to share um, in your social media and in your networks. If you have extra time, please leave a comment or a question. And if you have even more time, you can also leave a review. You can find us in Abundance in Action podcast, um, you know, um, words. And you, if you put this in, we will pop up on iTunes, uh, Google Play, YouTube, Facebook, and um, also Spotify. So, and of course, our main page is on Podbean. So all the best and stay healthy and go out to Sprout. Thank <laughs> you.
<laughs> Bye. Bye.